Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, well, button's been hit, so uh, here we go. Cold open. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday night. <laughs> well, sorry, li- it- live from New York, it's Saturday night. No. Why, why did it take us six years to do this? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, a, I messed up the open. B, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He's Mike McDaniel. Mike, it's Saturday night. We're doing it. We shouldn't be doing it. it no. You are correct. This took us like six years to figure out. Um, and yet, here we are. We're just going to do the, basically like a live recap. Yeah, after drinking all day. That That's correct. Well, I mean, yes. I would not admit to drinking all day. I would admit to parenting all day, which has a similar, like, cumulative, exhausting, uh, disorienting effect, we'll say. So, right. I, also I'm, I'm didn't on pace. Drink, I also didn't drink all day on my end, but have drank most of the night. So, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Mike, it's Saturday night. Uh, we just watched the end of the Virginia Tech Miami game probably uh, 40, 40 minutes ago, I would guess. Yep. Um, poured another drink after that. That's right. Made sure to pour another drink because yep. yeah, that's what we're doing these days. Um, we're just going to do like the live recap, try to get it up Sunday morning and uh, just see how this goes. Um, so, we're, you know, we, we haven't prepared that well, which is like wildly different from normal where we are highly prepared and well-researched and all that stuff. So right. you might notice a quality difference here in that we are not that well prepared for this episode. So bear with us, I would say. Uh, yeah. Just, just go with it. Let's just work. We're, we're firing from the hip. Just go with it. Let's start with Thursday night, shall we? Uh, well we could. Yeah, sure. I, I had the, the sheet in a different order, but there's no rules. Uh, let's start Thursday <laughs> night. Louisville 62, Duke 22. Uh, Malik Cunningham comes, I, I, I think, I, let me remember, um, I need to finish that phrase, by the way. Uh, Malik Cunningham <laughs> comes up just barely short of the school record for rushing yards in a game. This thing is fully off the rails already. Good stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. you got to clip that on, yeah. He, Malik Cunningham runs for 224 yards, which comes up about six feet short of Lamar Jackson's school record of 226 yards uh, rushing in a game. He throws for 303 yards, five touchdowns, runs for 224 and two touchdowns. Mike, this game, this feels like Duke is quitting. Yeah. The, the phrase that I used before we hit the record button that really kind of warranted hitting the record button because just, let's just go for it. Right, right. We're at the point with Duke. Duke has come all the way back full circle from whence they came, man. Like this, this is full <laughs> on like 2007 pre- pre-Cutcliffe Duke. Like this is awful. Awful. It's pretty awful. bad. Like, like Louisville's not terrible. They are not 62-22 good either. Like, right. this is a mess for Duke. Good win for yeah. Louisville. And by the way, the win total bet, over six and a half wins, still a little bit on life support, but we're coming out of it, Mike. We might be getting there. We'll see. Joey, I must say, I, I 
took the under on the Duke win total at three and a half. And, and I was not feeling great about that about a month ago. And now feeling much better about it, Joey. Feeling much, much better. We're in business, Mike. Three and eight, oh and seven in the ACC. They got Miami next week. What could go wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh, like you mentioned, I, Malik Cunningham was outstanding. So he had the 224 yards on Thursday night on 11 carries. So he was averaging about 20 and a half yards per rush. What's the opposite of the Kobe award? Is it like the Steph Curry heat check award? Because it's got to be something, something efficient. Right? Yeah. yeah. Malik Cunningham averaging Steph. just a shade over 20 yards a carry. I mean, I'll take that. Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, this was the best quarterback performance nationally in college football this weekend outside of CJ Stroud. Yeah. I mean, pretty, pretty flawless for Malik Cunningham here. Right. Now, I will say there was a little bit of a quality of competition difference between what Cunningham faced and what CJ Stroud faced for Michigan State. But 303 yards, five touchdown passes, 224 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. I was texting with you and Scott for this game i said should i just fire on this duke plus 11 and a half or what was it plus 19 and a half 20 19 and a half or 20 sorry. Louisville was a 20 point favorite in this game on the road on a weeknight and that was where mike That's you know right. you and i both took duke on the preview we and, did and at this point right here and now i will tell you i still can justify that pick it made sense i i, I I can justify it if I had to, but <laughs> I'd rather not revisit the fact that I picked Duke to cover and they lost by 40 points. So you, you really, really got to uh, rehearse and, and write out a lecture to give to the yes. person at the counter to try to get your money back on that bet. Correct. <laughs> it just wasn't Cause close. Because we, we asked that Duke would cover three scores and they lost by six scores. <laughs> so <laughs> math, I, I'm... I would say I'm not good at math. Good that would Lord. not be good for me because I work in finance. <laughs> but I will say that 40 points is not what we we're going for. Not not particularly. No. For um, the record, for the record, I did not fire on this on Thursday <laughs> night. I did not bet this game. Thank God. And it worked out for all involved. It did. It didn't work out for Duke, though. Dear God, Duke. Not, not even close. Can we? Can, how did we get here? Um, I mean, just, I mean, I'll start with talent drain. So I, so I, I will say this. I mean, if you want to like do a, like a, a deep dive, kind of like reconstruct what, what happened with Duke over the last decade, right. I think some of it has to do with call it like Paul Johnson, Georgia tech, not, not recruiting at peak efficiency, um, getting towards the end of the, the Frank Beamer era, not recruiting at peak. I efficiency. was going to say, yep. Larry Fedora not recruiting at peak efficiency. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of the neighborhood that wasn't recruiting the best. And there were some guys that probably should have gone to some of these programs that kind of slipped through the cracks and ended up in Durham. Right. right. And that's how all of a sudden you get like a first round grade quarterback in Daniel Jones ending up in Durham. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and so there, there, there's stuff there to where it kind of makes sense, but it also in, in some of that sense makes sense that, it's coming back around and those players are no longer showing up at Duke and Duke is once again, becoming what it has been largely for the past 75 years. Let me, let me simplify it too. 
just like kind of one step further. They haven't had a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So they went from Daniel Jones as a freshman. Pretty good, right? We were talking about how good Daniel Jones was as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And he had three years where he was kind of bad or at least mediocre, right? Didn't really take a progression up, really just stayed stagnant, and then maybe was a little bit worse as his career went on. Then they go from that to Quentin Harris, who was awful. Mm. They go from Quentin Harris to Chase Bryce, who was awful. Who was worse somehow. Somehow worse than Quentin Harris, which I'll, if there was an award for that, we would give it to him. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Gunnar Holmberg, who is not the worst quarterback I've ever seen in my entire life. Certainly better than Chase Bryce and Quentin Harris, but he's a game manager and their offense ain't that good. So Mm -hmm. what exactly are you managing? Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody's going to watch Gunnar Holmberg play and say, you know what? That guy's going to beat us over the top. Mm -hmm. They're not worried about that. So I don't know. I mean, each quarterback they've had recently has been limited in their own way. Quentin Harris couldn't complete a pass. Chase Price couldn't complete a pass to his own team. Right. And now Gunnar Holmberg can't complete a pass longer than 15 yards. But, so, but that's the interesting that's thing with this game in particular, Mike, is that Gunnar Holmberg yeah. got pulled. That's not the mm-hmm. first time that's happened this season. They put in Riley Leonard, who mm-hmm. proceeds to go 13 for 13 for 99 yards. And yeah, that was like mid-late third quarter when they're already down by like 30 points. Right. So defensively, Louisville's playing this a little bit differently than they were in the first quarter. Yeah. But still, Riley Leonard like looked composed. He ran for 70 yards on seven carries and a touchdown. Like whatever, like, you know, whatever Gunnar Holmberg ever had going for him in this game, Riley Leonard looked way better. Like this was a this was a good showing for him. I do you start him next week against Miami just to see? Probably. Seems like you maybe should. Although Duke played the Riley Leonard game last week against Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech beat the absolute hell out of them, mm-hmm. which isn't a that's something because Virginia Tech ain't very good mm-hmm. and got waxed. So I don't know. I mean, no matter what happens, Duke's going to get blown out from here on out. I think Miami yeah. should beat down Duke, but yeah, you know, I mean, and that's that's a fair assessment. Is that there is no right answer. All of them are wrong answers. Like this team's just not very good. And and it's right. And it's kind of on both sides of the ball, right? Like, you oh, know, we, we were talking they gave up 700 yards, almost 687 yeah. in this game. Yeah. I mean, and it was something that, you know, we were talking to Steve Wiseman uh, in the preseason. And one of the things that he talked about was that Duke has this way of always having like they they develop these like really dominant like pass rushers or mm-hmm. defensive linemen or you know whatever and it's like that hasn't happened at all in the last 2 maybe 3 years like even before then like i remember like a guy like Jeremy Cash transfers from Ohio State to Duke and he's like this stud safety and like there's just there are dudes that they end up with on both sides of the ball. And it's like Jake Bobo's a good player. Jalen Calhoun's a pretty good player. Mateo Durant's a good player. And that's about it. Like, that's all they've got working for them on either side of the ball. And that's just kind of what Duke is at this point. It's very siloed. And it's like 
a couple guys. Yeah. Like there's just not a whole lot else you can you can do when I mean you've got skill players on offense, but you can't block. You you don't have a guy who can get him the ball. You can't play defense. Yeah, I mean this this is not great. Not a great yeah. situation for Duke. The the good news for Duke is that a lot of their guys would play well on the FCS level. They would. I'll give them that. Maybe. I mean, Duke's won three games this year against NCA and T, Northwestern, and Kansas. None of those <laughs> none of those wins have aged well. <laughs> I was gonna say, can we do a because uh, you know I'm 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 a math guy, Joey. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, big numbers guy. Yep. Let's let's do a little math on the uh, combined record of those three teams. NCA and T, five uh, and five in the FCS. Sure. Okay. Northwestern. Not good. Uh, not good. My internet is uh kicking out. Here we go. Northwestern three is and eight. three and eight. So there we go. We're up to eight and thirteen. And then Kansas. Did Kansas beat TCU tonight or no? Did they There's end up no losing? way. Uh, it, there was almost a there was almost a way. Was it was really? uh oh my gosh, were, it was a three point for, game. Yeah, they were leading for most they were of that three game, by the way. Touchdown underdog in that game. Yeah. Lance Leipold, uh, good hire by Kansas. Really good, good hire. hire. Uh Duke has three wins against teams that are combined barely ball uh, eligible. Ten, ten and twenty two. Is that right? I do the math right there. That seems like a lot five of five and five, three and eight. No, that's right. Okay, five well and five, five and five, but that's the that's the FCS team that's won five games. The two FBS teams they've beaten are five and seventeen or something like that. Yeah. I, I mean <laughs> yeah. like Yep, five and seventeen. So wait, is that actually right? I uh well we got two and nine and three and eight. Damn. Okay, sure. Five and seventeen. Wow. Boom, baby. All right. Boom. Your boy just estimating correctly. All right, good stuff. Kansas is better than two and nine, though. At this point in the year, yeah. I mean, they're they're, they're playing like they're better than two and nine. Kansas, Big Twelve sleeper next year. You know, it's crazy to me, Mike, seeing teams like Kansas who start the year and then they end the year, and when they end the year, they're better than they were when they started the year. Almost like there's yes. like development week to week where they like they get better over time and they figure out what they're doing and they get better at it. Like that's right. That is crazy to me that teams do that sometimes. Uh, Duke has gotten better at losing every week. I was going to say they yeah. have now lost seven straight. Yeah, d- depending on the, the the lens that you want to look at this through. Uh, yeah, Duke does get better every week just at getting the crap kicked out of them. You know, so right. That's fine. Right, so it doesn't always have to be negative. We can look at this through an optimistic lens for Duke. That is correct. You, you've gotten better at losing, something that you used to do all the time, and now you're back to doing. Last thing I've got in this game, Mike. Um, I have, and, and this is where I start getting really irritated, because I have an over six and a half wins ticket on Louisville this season. And now they got to go beat Kentucky to get it. And they probably should have won some games prior to this. That that's my point. Yeah, is yes. that, that that win total ticket is still on the table, and that's great. Mm-hmm. And Louisville's offense has kind of gotten hot the last couple weekends. It has, and that's good too. And mm-hmm. Kentucky, some of the shine is off of them that was on them earlier this year. Like this is a winnable game for Louisville, and that's good. 
But like you said, on the other hand, there's about three games that Louisville has lost this year that they should have won. It's like, we should be done with this, and I should be cashing my ticket by now. So not thrilled with that, but happy right. that we are going into the final weekend of the year and there is still life in that ticket. So that is uh, that's a nice consolation prize. Yeah, I mean, as a reminder, Louisville lost by three to Wake in Winston-Salem, lost by a point at home to UVA. Blew like by... a three-touchdown lead to Virginia in the fourth quarter, by the way. Yes, and lost by six to Clemson. So when they had the ball with like a minute left inside the five yard line. Yeah. Yep. So it should be done. Uh, What are we, what are we feeling here with Satterfield? I mean, honestly, and this is, this is, well, honestly, I think it's going to come down to next weekend, frankly. Oh, is it? Well, well, no, like not like, like he'll be, the, he'll be the head coach next year unless right. unless somebody plucks him out of there and and that's not a that's not an impossible <laughs> scenario by any stretch. Who who though? Almost who? anybody. Almost anybody. Who? The... Virginia Tech could call. I don't know. Don't, no 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 Let's, no no no. I'm good. Be, I am good on. I'm good on that. Might be a better fit at Virginia Tech than he is at Louisville. Put that put it that way. I, that's fine. But I'm I am good on that. The no, point. The point is, like, unless, like, Louisville's not going to fire him. So the question becomes: Does somebody come and pluck him out of there? Probably not at this point, with the way things have gone the last three years. But what I'm saying is that depending on how next week's game goes against Kentucky, is basically going to set the narrative, I think, for the offseason for Satterfield at Louisville. Because if you go out, beat your rival, especially if then you can parlay that and beat, like, you know, win in a bowl game. You finish eight and five, like everyone feels real good about themselves. Like he's committed, he's back. Like Louisville is on the up and up, like all this stuff. Like that's great. If you lose to Kentucky, especially if it's if it's like a multi-score, like not particularly competitive loss, and then maybe you lose a bowl game, like he's gonna be on the hot seat starting in like mid-January, like. <laughs> Like and there's not I don't know there's a whole lot of a right answer other than going nine and three next year, which unlikely. So I think we're gonna learn a lot about what's gonna happen with Satterfield at Louisville next week, frankly. Not trying to be hyperbolic about it. Like that just is what it is. <clears throat> Gotta beat Mark Stoops. I I mean Stoops is a good coach, don't love his chances. Not sure I don't think he's done it yet. He has not done it yet. Let's pull up uh, Winsipedia real quick. Shout out to uh, Stephen Little, who I believe created slash runs this here website. Um, I want to look and see. It's been, you know, a few weeks since Louisville has beaten Kentucky. Uh, a few weeks, yeah. A few weeks, yeah. yeah. Uh, 2017 in Lexington. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. When, yeah, Lamar Jackson's Louisville went into Lexington and beat uh, beat Kentucky 44-17, not by, not by, you know, not close. Um, so it's been four years. We'll see if they can break that streak next week, but you know, time will tell. Jared Lorenzen was alive then. Oh, only the stuff that you'll say on a uh, late night Saturday. Yeah, that's, podcast <laughs> that's, episode. that's true. That's true. I, he wasn't playing quarterback then. I don't think RIP to the hefty lefty. R.I.P. to the hefty lefty is right. Uh, Louisville, where did my score go? I don't even know what's Louisville happening. Louisville 62, Duke 22. 
Thank you, Mike. Good, good, uh, good catch it. there. Yep. Uh, well, you're you're driving the ship. So where are we going next? North Carolina thirty-four, Wofford fourteen. Let's not waste too much time here. Sam Howell didn't play. I was gonna say uh, he walked and then didn't play. Yeah. And whatever. I mean, it was a twenty-point game, which is weird, but I mean, it was twenty to seven at halftime. I don't know. North Carolina didn't seem like they were trying in this game. It's fine. Carolina was a 39 point favorite. They didn't even score 39 points. They ran for 305 yards. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is a little bit of a Wofford shorten the game situation. Like North Carolina only had the ball five times in the first half, three times in the second half. They had the ball eight times the entire game. Wofford one time of possession here. Yeah. By about three minutes. Oh, is that it? I was going to say like a country mile, but sure. No, by like three minutes. But I mean, you're playing Wofford, so you don't want him to hold the ball longer than you. Jay Bateman's defense gave up 300 yards to Wofford, including 200 yards on the ground. Yeah. Right. It does, doesn't it? Wofford, by the way, now falls to one and 10 on the year. They ran up. They ran for 200 yards on your defense, North Carolina. Although, again, you're playing Wofford, it's senior day, the whole thing, which means that there is like a 60% chance that your entire defense is like hungover in this game. They right. They were not uh, spending their Friday night trying to get in the zone for the game. They were uh, letting some steam off, we'll say. How many people went to this? Uh, typically, there's a number. Let's Here it see. is, 40, 43,000. Wow, 85% full at Keenan. I don't think there's been 43,000 at a Georgia Tech game the whole year. That's Wow, that's commitment from the fan base. Go watch the Wofford game. I agree. Notre Dame almost scored 43,000 today. We'll get there. Want to go there now? I, sure. Okay. I I mean, unless you have something else enlightening to say about Carolina beating Wofford. I, you know, uh, I did chart this game and watched it very closely from start to finish. Really? But I don't know that people would find that interesting. So, yeah, Carolina 34, Wofford 14. Um. Sure. Yeah, we can go there next. Notre Dame, okay. 50, 55, Georgia Tech, nothing. Now, I'm going to cede the floor to you, as I usually do, but I want to mm-hmm. first congratulate you on your underbet hitting here. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mike. That that was really what mattered here, truthfully. It was in jeopardy also for a while. <laughs> it was in jeopardy like, the whole dang game. It was in jeopardy from, like, the eight-minute mark of the second quarter onward. This was, like, the definition of the miracle under, frankly. Yeah, so what did you get? What was the final number on your total there? Uh well do you want to you know, do you want to know what I bet it, you know, on my uh my betus.com account or what I bet Of course, with, America's favorite online sports book. That's right. In business for over thirty years, they have anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or do you want to know what my wife, who's currently in Vegas, got at the sports book at the Aria? Uh, I want to know that one. The, uh, one, it was 50, the one that's actually America's favorite online sport. I believe it was 57 and a half. Okay. And that was for a larger dollar amount than I got at BetUS.com, which I, I can imagine. Didn't plan that, but it just it's kind of how it happened. <clears throat> um, yeah, 57 and a half. And Mike, I'll be damned if it wasn't 45 to nothing at halftime. And thank God. Notre Dame blocked a Georgia Tech field goal attempt at the buzzer of the first half because that might have been an extra three points that we did not need in this game. Right. So, 
Um, before, did, did uh, yes, I do. You texted me something. I'm not going to say it on air, but the answer is yes. Um, before I just, you know, kind of go on a tirade here, um, Mike, what, what thoughts did you have watching your Irish uh, just kind of eke this one out? Notre Dame might be good. I think so. Yeah. Like, like, good. Like, that, this that is. Offensive line has really come together the last it month, has. month and a half. It has. So, first it was the defense, right? It was like, okay, Notre Dame's got to improve their defense. Well, the offensive line was bad early in the year, too, but it was like, first, Notre Dame's got to improve their defense, right? Mm-hmm. That was the number one thing. So, they did that first. Then they're like, all right, let's figure out this offense thing. And it was almost like they had an epiphany in the Virginia Tech game with hurry up Jack Cohn, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, he was on it. And Jack Cohn, to his credit, and we mentioned this early in the year, Jack Cohn's been good all year for Notre Dame. Jack Cohn has not been the problem. Like, there were other things plaguing Notre Dame. Jack Cohn, like, by definition, is not going to be the problem, but he's also not going to be the solution. Yeah, but he's been, like, more of a solution than I think Notre Dame fans were expecting, right? Like, he hasn't been... I mean, (laughs) some some folks were lying about Jack Cohn's capability, right? Like, Brian Kelly in the preseason, like, we started hearing, like, Jack Cohn, he's really taking... He's got the leadership role, and he's really taking a step forward, excited what he's able to do in this offense. It's like, okay, but he's still game manager Jack Cohn. Mm. Except when he, he's made some throws, right? Like, he's made some, made some throws to put Notre Dame in some, into, like, some really good positions against tough competition here in the second half of the year. Notre Dame's just beating down everybody now. Like, they're just blowing everybody out. Yeah. This is a Notre Dame team that was supposed to be like eight and four or something, or nine and three. Like, Let's go like nine and three, maybe, maybe ten and two. Their win total was like eight and a half, wasn't it? Was it really eight and a half, nine? Like, damn. If I mean, this I is going to be that. I mean, <laughs> why is, did I bet Louisville? I should have bet that. This is Brian. This is Brian Kelly's best coaching job. This is this has been really good. I mean, they're going to go eleven and one. Say for this Notre Dame team to be a top ten team is an accomplishment. I mean, it's good. They're 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 playing Stanford next week. Where they're gonna be a two touchdown favorite? Oh, at least yeah, maybe. Yeah, if they were seventeen against Georgia Tech, yeah, probably about fourteen against Stanford. Yeah, thirteen, thirteen or fourteen, something like that. Yep. Yeah, they'll win that one. So Notre Dame's gonna be eleven and one, and they're gonna be in a New Year's Six game. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, okay. they're they're too far away to like actually sneak into the playoff. Nah, Cincinnati's got to do that with my plus twenty two hundred ticket. I they just showed up just just in time this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> kicked they the beat, crap out of SMU. Beat the hell out of SMU. That game was never competitive. That no. was playoffs. That was playoff Cincinnati that we were all hoping to see for like all year, basically. Yeah. We haven't seen that team since the Notre Dame game, ironically. And lucky for Cincinnati, Oregon didn't show up tonight. Yeah. Got the doors blown off of them. So yeah. Cincinnati will likely be in the top four. Yeah, Oregon's done. 
yeah. I they can it's come done. back in like two weeks and win the Pac-12 championship game against Utah. It doesn't matter. They're done. Like all right, so you don't I, lose a game in November by thirty-five points and still make the playoff or whatever it was. <laughs> like you can't do that. It's over. <laughs> Go home. Uh, by by the way, that was like quintessential Utah, wasn't it? Oh, Hasn't yeah. this been quintessential? This has like been a typical Utah season, right? Did they you like see the end of the first games. half? Yes. Oh my god! Special teams, Oregon special teams, so bad. Oh, tonight. so bad tonight. Oregon down twenty-one to nothing. Uh, there was I don't know. There's a timeout or something that happened. Like there's like eight seconds left. Oregon has like fourth and eight on their own end of the field, so they're gonna punt. What could possibly go wrong, Mike? Right. Could it be that the Utah like special teams, you know? freaking fighter pilot punt returner all of a sudden just follows like six blocks and runs it all the way back for a touchdown. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That did happen. Didn't it? Oh my gosh. Like, my favorite was like about five real time minutes after that. Molly McGrath is sitting there asking Mario Chris, Molly McGrath, by the way. Anyway, uh, good sideline reporter. Very good. Very Ask good. Great job. questions. Ask great questions. I uh, asked Mario Cristobal what he was going to do about his special teams in the second half. And he said, we got to play better in all three phases. Yeah, I think so. You're down four scores at halftime to Utah. Yeah. Um, Including the one score your special teams just gave up. Yeah. I think I'm uh, sorry. I'm jumping all over the place, but playoff wise, and I will talk about this Georgia Tech game in a second. Playoff wise, I think we're going Georgia, Ohio State, BMA, Cincinnati, Michigan, Notre Dame. How's that top six sound? Uh, I mean, at this point, I'm I'm very confident that Georgia is making it. I'm very confident that Ohio State's making it. And then I don't think Bama's making it if they don't win the SEC championship game. No. I mean, they barely beat Arkansas tonight. They need to beat Georgia in two weeks. And if not, they're not making the playoff. So, but also, Michigan needs to beat Ohio State, and if they don't, they're not making the playoff. Is Notre Dame going to make the playoff? They might just back their way into the And this is also, again, this is the perfect year that if Cincinnati can just not screw it up the next two weeks. <laughs> they're in, right? I realize you've looked like hell for a month now. But they're then in. You showed up today and kicked the crap out of a good SMU team. And yeah, if you don't screw it up the next two weeks, I think Cincinnati's in. What did you have yeah. at twenty-two to one or something to make the playoff? Like I had him at twenty-two to one. Yep. Yeah, I think that's coming in, Mike. Like as long as they don't screw it up, just and not because they are like definitively like a really genuinely good playoff caliber football team, but just like they haven't lost. They've played a good schedule, and everyone else is just screwing around, basically. <laughs> like. Pretty much. I mean, Michigan State now has two losses. One of them was against Purdue. So yeah, that that should automatically shoot you. I mean, Purdue's not bad, but Michigan I mean, State lost by to fifty sun. today. They lost by fifty. You're disqualified. You don't make the playoff if you lose a game by fifty points. CJ CJ Stroud was twenty nine of thirty one at the half with six touchdown passes and three hundred yards passing. Is that good? Uh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, Joey, Jeff Sims I hope you had a t- didn't play I hope today. You had a ticket on. I hope you had a ticket on CJ Stroud. Jeff Sims didn't play today, but if he had, he probably would have been roughly twenty nine of thirty one for six touchdowns at halftime. I, yeah. 
But instead, you got to watch Jordan Yates go 14 to 28 for 96 yards and an interception. So, Joey, the floor is all yours. Back hold to on, this hold game. on. I got to take a sip real quick. Hang on. Okay, take a sip. Take a deep breath. Been a long day, Mike. Um, Cincinnati and Notre Dame are making the playoff, I think. I, <sighs> it's on the table, what unbelievably. The, you go, uh, well, while I go on a diatribe here for a minute, you, I need you to go look up Cincinnati playoff odds, or sorry, uh, Notre, Notre Dame playoff odds. Right now, I'll do that right now. If you can find them, Uh, you got it. Um, so Mike, yeah, so Georgia Tech lost. uh, It was it was a close game. They they had Notre Dame right where they wanted them up until the very end, and they just barely couldn't pull it out and lost by fifty five points. Right where Jeff (laughs) Collins wanted him because he's used to being down by a million. (laughs) Um, I I will say this, you know, it it's it is tough seeing Georgia Tech lose games. And it is tough seeing them lose by a lot of points. But as Jeff Collins reminds us, you know, we we need to look for the positives, and we, we need to look for the signs of development. And I think there's a great example of that because last year they played Clemson, and they lost by, if I'm not mistaken, it was like 66 points. And that, like Mike, they only lost today by 55. Like there is there is development happening here, right? Like it's getting True better. improvement. Yes, improvement, no doubt about it. It's getting better. Yeah. And 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 just at the moment that I was ready to like all these guys need to be fired. Like we can't be doing this anymore. This is this is a disaster. I realized, Mike, and and they didn't show this on the cameras, but it was it was very clear that it was I, I think it was probably in the in the locker room at halftime that that all the guys got together. It was Jeff Collins Dave Patnode, it was Andrew Thacker. A meeting of the minds, if you will. Yeah, that's right. Tashard Choice, (laughs) Kerry Dixon, Brent Key, uh, Chris Wiesahan, Larry Knight, uh, Marco Coleman, uh, Jeff Popovich, uh, Nate Burton, all of them. They got together and they said, guys, we got to remember, we came into the season, right? Everyone's wearing the shirts saying win 21. And win, of course, stands for what's important now. And I have it on good word, Mike, that there was a meeting held at halftime between that coaching staff, these 11 men who have been leading this program for almost three full years now. And Jeff Collins got them together and said, guys, we got to remember, keep it, keep this together. What's important now? And you know what he said, Mike? What do you say? (laughs) He said the total in this game (laughs) Was 58 points. 57 and a half. 57 and a half. We got to keep it it. under the total. Depends on on where you got it. We got to keep it under the total. That's what's important now, Mike, is to keep it under the total. And I will, I I swear to you, the ticket cash. This is the best coaching (laughs) job I have seen in a long time. (laughs) To keep it under the total. Credit to Jeff Collins and that coaching staff. Truly a masterpiece in the second half. They did not score points. They even gave up a defensive touchdown. They said, that's it. That's it. They locked it down from there. 55 to nothing. Let's get this close. Let's get this close, right? Let's let's give up a defensive touchdown in the second half. Just so the feds don't come out. (laughs) Our offense isn't scoring. You got to give it up. We got there, Mike. Oh, we got there. We, Cash that we ticket. Had a, we had a text thread with Scott when it was, <laughs> I believe, 24 to nothing. 
And that was at the end of the first quarter. And I think Scott said, Scott was sitting like five feet from me when he texted this. <laughs> but he said to you, he said, well, there could be some backdoor cover potential here. <laughs> to which you responded with, I don't, I don't think Georgia Tech's scoring 17 points today. And Joey, I got some news for you. They were committed. You're correct. <laughs> you, you're correct. They, they were not scoring 17 points today. Jeff Collins, on a real note, needs to fire his entire coaching staff. Is this the part where I'm supposed to tell you no, he shouldn't? Because, I mean, do you do you agree? I, I, I I'm not going to argue that. Like, yeah, I mean, defensive said that the defensive staff was like, we knew that we we know that's coming. Mm-hmm. But I think we're, I, I think we're at the point where we're done with the offensive staff too. I mean, if I'm if I'm trying really hard, like I could come up with a couple of excuses for the offense, particularly being that Jeff Sims wasn't playing, and there's I don't know, there's other things I'm guessing probably, but like I I, I I'm not jumping on the offense and like talking trash about them because that's the side of the ball where legitimately you have seen growth and development from 2019 to 2020 to 2021 like and it's still it's not great but it's not terrible today it was pretty terrible but like most days in most weeks this year it hasn't been truly terrible like they have done some things they have drawn up some plays that aren't awful like I, I don't have problems with that as much. It's it's the defensive side of the ball, and in particular, everything that happens behind the defensive line that is like, what on God's green earth have you been doing for three years? Right. It's the same guys. They're making worse mistakes. Like, they're getting worse, the whole thing. Like, it just, like, they can't tackle. They take the wrong angles. Again, you keep playing this zone coverage where it's like guys are just you know running out you know in, into places they're not supposed to be in. Um, I it's like, and, and the thing that you know I'll say this too that something that our friend Kelly Quinlan has pointed out is like, yeah, so like you know you're playing this zone defense or you're playing guys on defense and, and things are happening where it's like they don't trust each other or right. you know they're they're not playing their assignments. And that's one thing, Mike. It's another thing to point out that then those guys, when they, they they don't play their assignment, they give up a huge play, they give up points, you know, whatever. They come out the next drive, and it's all the same guys. Nobody's getting benched. Nobody's getting punished. There's no accountability. Like, what? What are we doing? Like, I, I, I it's. I don't have words for it. I don't. I, I don't understand. Like, there. If there's nothing else, there will be there has to be firings on the defensive side of the ball coming this offseason. Like honestly, like if that defense were what it was two years ago and kind of fell in line with roughly what Jeff Collins' defenses have been at Florida and Mississippi State and Temple and everywhere else he's been, Georgia Tech's probably going to a bowl game. Like right. but they haven't been. And, you know, I'll leave it at this, Mike. I don't know what else to say. Like, it, it's it's basically like the same story every week, and I'm wasting everyone's time and energy 
trying to make it a different thing or, or trying to make it unique every week. It's not. It's the same thing. You got you to gotta change up the defensive staff, and we'll see how that goes. It's probably not going to go well, and uh, we'll, we'll move on either next year or maybe a year after that. We'll have to see. Fair enough. Mike, we have a listener email. No way. There's, we do? Th- yeah, we do. Hell That's yeah. Good. There's no rules. Uh, this comes from okay. Shane. And and Shane is speaking directly to us, very specifically. He says, uh, the listener who tells you not to pick Florida State is me. <laughs> uh, good start, oh, Shane. Okay. Says, okay. So, so it wasn't me also. It was We actually had a listener. When I was disputing you the other day. No, yeah, no, no, yeah. Shane is uh, Shane is our, our picks Sherpa here, who knows better than to pick Florida State, which right went better in previous weeks than it did this week. But yeah, you know, we'll get there. Uh, he says honestly, though, I've not been following them that closely, so maybe they're less terrible. But I'm not going to trust them until they're consistently good again. Good, uh, good strategy, Shane. Then he says, also, I don't think you actually addressed my last question, and no, we did not says, looking for hope for Jeff Collins and Georgia Tech. What does a future where he saves his job and gets the program on track even look like? To me, Mike, it is it is replacing the defensive staff and basically implementing something that looks, resembles what he ran as a defensive coordinator in his previous stops. Something that's aggressive, something that sends blitzes from weird angles, something that like really kind of flusters opposing quarterbacks. Like that's that's really the missing piece. The offense, if the offensive line gets another year of development, and maybe some of the younger guys, you know, are able to kind of develop their bodies and whatever, and, and keep Brent Key there, like I think they might have something on offense most weeks. It's the defense that has been an absolute like crime scene this year. It's just been horrible. I'm, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, this was a, this is a defensive coach who now has a horrible defense, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think that's the most obvious answer is, well, you just have your defense play like even mediocre would be a good start. That'd be an upgrade. Yeah, it would be an upgrade over whatever is happening right now. I mean, I, I, so. I tweeted this out at halftime. Notre Dame had the ball six times and averaged seven point five points per possession in the first half. And if you're wondering how the math on that works, Mike, they did not attempt a two point conversion. They kicked a field goal, scored five touchdowns on six possessions, and then also they ran back an interception for a touchdown like <laughs> That's not good defense. It's bad. Yeah. Like even a little bit. It's not even a little bit good defense. Um, So, yeah. So to me, Shane, that's that's the the crux of the whole thing is Collins has to shore up the defense. Has to. And and not just shore it up, but like make it an above average unit. And at that point, I think they've got something working. But until then, he's he's on thinner and thinner ice every week. Uh, Mike. Shane also said, also troll question, gun to your head. You have to hire Brian Van Gorder to coach your defense or Scott Leffler to coach your offense. Who are you going with and why? Leffler. Take 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 a sip. Leffler. <laughs> Leffler. Why? Because he still has a job. So 
I think that's the right answer. Yeah, I mean, neither one of them is good, but Van Gorder was basically forced into retirement because he was so bad. He couldn't even hold on to a job at Bowling Green. That was, yeah. As a coordinator. I mean, uh, not holding on to a job at Bowling Green as a head coach is one thing, and Scott Leffler is going to learn that soon. But the whole coordinator thing with not being able to coach like anywhere. Yeah. We're going to go look up the Brian Van Gorder Wikipedia page and try to figure out when the last time was he had like a decent defense, aren't we? Uh, what is never? He was the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame in 2016 when they went 4-8. and eight. Yeah. He was a big reason why they went 4-8. and eight. <laughs> I was Truly at the Syracuse man. game. I was at the Sy- I went to two games that year. I was at the Tech game in South Bend. Then I was at the Sy- Notre Dame-Syracuse game at MetLife stadium and basically i think i bet the under actually and they combined game i yeah it was like 28 28 after the first quarter (laughs) something like that that checks out. i'd love to go back and look at that but yeah they didn't want to shoot out but that adds up doesn't it it 100 percent does uh yeah i mean okay Whatever, uh, you know, whatever ineffective nonsense Scott Leffler is running on offense. It's, I mean, it's definitely like eye gouging level stuff, but I think it at least works a little better than whatever Van Gorder is running on defense. So I think that's the answer is, is Leffler. I think that's but the answer too. Gross. Why are you making me pick these things? That's right. Thanks for listening, Shane. And thanks for Yeah. That. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean. Shane's one of our most supportive listeners, so I'll answer any question he has for me. But Notre God, Dame, man. Notre Dame 55, Georgia Tech nothing. The miracle under to end all unders. I, I still am in disbelief of that <laughs> that came through. That's <laughs> congrats on the under. Unbelievable. Uh yeah, we're believable, even. Yeah. Underbelievable. Uh, <laughs> that's correct. Yes. Uh where to next? Uh, you want me to pick? Yeah. You you're the well, you, you are the uh, cruise director here, Mike that's dangerous for everybody involved on this year's <laughs> sinking ship. Let's go to Chestnut Hill, shall we? Chestnut Hill. This is literally just like a randomizer, isn't it? You, you just, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Florida State 26, Boston College 23. Lock uh, of the week, baby. Do you have the soundboard in? available? Soundboard available? Uh, yes, I do. Are we trying to uh, lock it up? I mean, I got my lock right, so I think we got to play a sound. Play it. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. You you lock this. And you know what, Joey? I, I have another prediction for next week that, oh, yeah? you know what? We're going to record the preview here in a few days. I just want to say, I want to mm-hmm. put it on the record. I don't care. And I tweeted this. I don't care what the spread is. I don't care who's playing quarterback for Florida State. I, I don't Florida. care. Well, thank you for making my point for me. <laughs> Florida State money line, lock it up against the Gators. Lock, Joey, you play the sound. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Um, preview did a preview. Mike, on on that note, I agree. Lock it up. Yeah. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Locking up next week's games on the recap. Let's go. Yep. There's no rules. There's no rules. There, there are no rules. Norvell's taking a new ball game. <laughs> and and not even off APR. Not that that was possible, Tallahassee. 
<laughs> the nonsense APR five and seven bowl game? No, not nobody, at Florida State. Yeah, definitely not. Not at Florida State. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's worried about that in Tallahassee. Bud Elliott was actually making fun of that on Cover Three. Uh, he was making that known that an APR bowl game at Florida State was definitely not in the cards. And <laughs> I mean, that's Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell agreed that sentiment. So Florida State. They know two Florida State, two Florida State alums, making no bones about it. <laughs> uh, I mean, can I look? Can I did how did you like watch this game like at all? I, I did. I did catch some of it. I can, did. Let me ask you this, and and I know that we said this a couple weeks ago when Boston College played Virginia Tech. It was on a Friday mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, man, like. I, I realize what the stat lines say, right? But what my eyes are telling me, Phil Dracovic's not healthy. He's not right, man. Are, that, are you telling me? I mean, the stat line wasn't good today either. For the first time, that arm like, is missing a lot of pop in it, man. Like he's not right. He's like stepping into throws, and it's got like a pop gun look to it, man. Like it, it is. Does. Those balls are just floating in there. Like it is not. He's not right right now. Nah, nah. He's late stage Peyton Manning with the Ducks. Yeah, that's that's a good comp. A good comp. Except he's more mobile than Peyton Manning ever was. But that's that's true, <laughs> and just as accurate. I mean, and and it's it's <laughs> unfortunate that Phil Jerkovic at or Jerkovic or. I, Jerkovich or Jerkovich, you want yeah, call. Right. Jer- I mean, Jerkovich. Just throw uh, it at the wall, see what sticks. At at like sixty percent arm strength is better than Dennis Grissel, Grossel, yep. Grossel. I don't know how these last names are pronounced. Anyways, but it is like <laughs> that's that's better than what you're getting from Dennis. Dennis the menace. That's that's what Boston College calls him. Why he's on the bench? Uh, yeah, Jerkovic uh, was ten to twenty-four in this game for one hundred and forty-eight yards, a touchdown to pick. Florida State they jumped on BC early here. I mean, it was nineteen to three at halftime, mm-hmm. and BC kind of scratched and clawed their way back into it, got themselves in position in the fourth quarter, and then just couldn't finish drives. Like they finished a couple, but then like when you got inside ten minutes, it just didn't happen for them. I was going to say, I, I watched maybe 20 minutes of this game, and I think I saw every Zay Flowers reception, including the <laughs> one where he went for like 50. Yeah. He, he went for 44 yards, and that even feels like it was less than he went for, but he went for 44 yards. He shook like four Florida State defenders out of their shoes individually on the same play. Uh, why did he only have three touches in this game? Give that man the football, Mike. Like, yeah, he is a monster. Get it to him. Do something. It was, it it was twenty six to three, Florida State before Boston College decided it was probably a good idea to throw the ball to their best player. And and as I mean, Boston College generally well coached. Like the job that Jeff Halfley and that staff have done has been really really good like ill prepared today though but today yeah this didn't oh. make sense at all no pat garwell gets 24 carries for 71 yards Mm-mm. yeah kobe um yeah not great not a, not a great coaching job here today by boston college i'll say that but well at least you know 
not on offense and not on defense in the first half, but like keeping Florida State to seven points in the second half, not bad on defense in the second half for the Eagles, in fairness. If you're Florida State here, right, mm-hmm. and you're trying to project ahead, project forward mm-hmm. with Norvell, right, and you had kind of really up and down 2020 and to be fully transparent and up and down 2021. What's this thing look like next year? Like they should have beaten Jacksonville state, obviously had a real shot to beat Notre Dame in the opener. Like Florida state truthfully is a couple plays away from being seven and five right now with a chance to go eight and five against or I'm sorry, they're, they're five. They're five and six right now. They're a couple plays away from being uh, seven and four, with a chance to be eight and four going into Florida, like beating Florida next week. Math's hard for me. Sorry. Would have uh, would have been really great if they just like made a tackle against Jacksonville. Literally State. just tackle Jacksonville State. I mean, the Notre Dame game went to like overtime and got sloppy, and it was an opener, so mm-hmm. it is what it is, right? But like, I mean. You could be sitting here at seven and four, and I just said Florida. We're locking up Florida State next week because Florida is trash. I mean, Dan Mullen's getting fired. I think if he doesn't quit first, yeah, I, I the, the, like I don't know what the right answer is, but I do know that the situation for Florida is like super toxic right now. Like it is, whatever they're doing is not going to last. Something's going to give. They're. Two and eight or two and nine against their last ten or eleven FPS opponents. Yeah, pretty some gross. ugly, some pretty ugly. So, pretty gross. yeah, and God, they almost lost last week to an FCS team as well. So that's ugly. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, so back to the original question: Florida State projecting its forward. What does it look like next year? 22 like what's the expectation you think going into the year the the question to me becomes what are they doing at quarterback mm-hmm. because and and today i mean yeah they they threw for 251 ran for 114 and that's what the numbers show us but like this has been like what they've had success this year it's been the run game and using jordan travis right. as, as an extra head in the run game basically I don't know how long-term sustainable that is, especially for the uh, the level of expectations that you have in Tallahassee. So the question to me becomes, like, do you have a guy? Is it Chubba Purdy or someone else? <laughs> no, not him. He's in the portal. He's gone, right. Uh, there's, I think there's somebody else there. Names are escaping me right now. But the point is, like... Mackenzie Milton. Yes. Um, medical miracle Mackenzie Milton. Yeah. Uh, Say that five times fast. Um, Medical miracle, Mackenzie Milton. You gotta, you gotta find somebody who can like huck it down the field, like consistently. I think, like I don't, I, I don't think that Florida State is gonna be able to be this like ten and two, pushing Clemson to win the division. Like the level of expectations that you have in Tallahassee, I don't think you're gonna get there unless you got a quarterback who can throw it consistently. You can win games on his arm specifically like you don't think Travis is that guy no he's the explosive pass play guy barely I mean he, but 
He's the guy. He's it. No, he's not. I mean, he he's useful like with his legs. He's like, the guy on this particular roster, though. Yeah, on this one. Yeah. If it's him or Mackenzie Milton or the recently transferred Chubba Purdy, mm-hmm. then I, I guess it's Jordan Travis. But like, I don't know. I mean, like, it, it, Florida State should be looking to bring in a guy who better fits the mold of what uh, what Mike Norvell had at Memphis in like a uh, Paxton Lynch. Uh, that's Justin Fuentes' quarterback. Wasn't Norvell the OC for that team? Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, you're right. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. You're right. You're right. But, you know, or, 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 uh, no, that was Auburn that had Mike White, a.k.a. White Mike. Um, <laughs> there's no rules. It doesn't matter. Um, shout out to the shutdown full cast. That was, that was where that came from. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Come up with somebody that can throw the ball, Florida State. That's, that's the point. Like, yeah. And if you can't, then you're going to sit in this like six and six, seven and five limbo. Yeah. Maybe see what Chris Winky's up to. Could, I mean, could be anywhere. It worked in 99. You just like <laughs> found a couple of years of eligibility. You're like, all right, come on, man. That's right. Like, That's right. He was like 40 then. I think he qualifies for AARP now. <laughs> just show up and have him, uh, yeah, tell the guys what to do. Anyways. Yeah. Maybe see what Jameis Winston's doing. Mike, we've been recording for an hour. We've talked about like three games. Uh, Florida State, uh, where'd the score go? 26, 26. Boston College, 23. <laughs> this is this is our finest hour, Mike. Pick the next game. Is this is this the content that people want? I, we're going to find out. It's the content that we want. This is going to spark some reviews one way or the other. Let's go to Coral Gables, shall we? Coral Gables. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes, 38. Virginia Tech, 26. Uh, I, I'll be damned, Mike. Like I had Virginia tech plus eight, I think on the pot on the preview. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually wagered on Virginia tech plus eight or seven and a half or whatever it was in real life. I thought they were going to be able to, they were in business here. And I -hmm. thought Miami was just going to basically fold up shop and just didn't want to be there tonight after losing to Florida state last week. Yep. Credit to the Canes, man. They it wasn't always it. pretty. Wasn't yeah. always pretty. You know what? I uh, I was quite a uh, jackass myself when I was uh, trying to decide who to pick for this game because I said on our podcast, I said Miami, the Sons of Saturday Locks podcast that I record. It's a betting podcast. I picked Miami there as well. On my Virginia Tech podcast, I picked the Hokies after J.C. Price's interim Mm-hmm. head coach press conference on Thursday that was an electric factory, Joey. Mm-hmm. Absolutely electric. Uh, I picked the Hokies after that. I picked the Hokies on the radio today in the pregame show. It turns out my Virginia Tech picks were a mistake. <laughs> the Whoops. Tech defense, the Tech defense, particularly in the first half, was garbage. Garbage. The second half was a little tricky because it was basically in the middle of like a hurricane. Yeah, and, and like I a will Miami credit, hurricane, just like a literal like hurricane was over the stadium. It was just I, rain and wind and a mess, and offense was not really to be had. 
I will credit Virginia Tech's defense because I did think Virginia Tech's defense made some halftime adjustments and played better in the second half. But the one mistake they made and the, the thing they miscalculated was putting Dax Hollyfield, a middle linebacker, on Mike Harley. Mm-hmm. That turns out to be a mistake because Mike Harley runs like a 4-4. So, yeah. They probably shouldn't have done that. Dax Hollyfield runs slightly slower than a 4-4. Yeah. As you could see on that touchdown play that Miami ran. Mm-hmm. Run the touchdown play. Yep, they did. Uh, Miami actually ran the cover play <laughs> with the Mike Harley touchdown pass. That yeah. was the cover play. That was the cover play in the fourth quarter. That was the I, difference I will... between having like a winning day and having a really friggin' good day for me. So Yeah. Screw yeah. you, Mike Virgin- Harley. Yeah. Virginia Tech's offensive line was just so bad. So bad. I mean, Burmeister was 14 of 17, but don't be deceived. He only threw for 109 yards and a touchdown. Kobe. He was getting killed back there. Kobe! <laughs> he was getting absolutely murdered. Connor Blumrick, welcome back to the show. Haven't seen him since ND because his knee was all banged up. Uh, I was say, do we do you like check like a secret government database to figure out what happened to Knox Kadem or like? Uh, well, <laughs> what happened to Knox Kadem is he's not very good. That's what happened to Knox Kadem. <laughs> Uh, Blumrick comes in. I'll, scr- I'll scrub that since you you pulled that from a secret government database. That not, oh, yeah. not very good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd rather you not scrub that. Just amplify it and send it out to the masses. Uh, Connor Blumrick, twenty carries, one hundred and thirty-two yards. So that was really good. Mm-hmm. Came in off the bench and was very good in the running game. And he was five of eleven passing, thirty-nine yards, two touchdowns. That, he was fine. That passing line is quite the stat line. It is, it is quite the stat line. But the two touchdown passes were solid. Threw a jump ball to Caleb Smith, where Caleb Smith boxed his guy out, and then threw one to I believe it was Dewan Lofton. Yeah, it was Dewan Lofton. Also, Blumberg threw a really pretty ball on third and a bunch. And hit Dewan Lofton on a uh, streak down the right side. Lofton's a freshman, by the way. He's a stud. Hmm. He's a stud. Yeah, Justin Fuente always talked about him, though we never saw him play. So it's nice to uh, actually see him actually be a stud in person. <laughs> that was nice. There's a Justin Fuente recruiting roster management joke in there somewhere, but I don't really know what it is. Uh, he has like 40, 40 running backs on the roster. That's <laughs> That's good, and none of them are very good. Well, Malachi Thomas is pretty good, but they decided go. not to give him the ball tonight. Also, uh, Raheem Blackshear. Virginia Tech found this recipe where they were alternating Malachi Thomas, a freshman, and Raheem Blackshear in the backfield. It took until the fourth quarter for Raheem Blackshear to get a carry. Hmm. And it's not like he was like limited or hurt. He had four catches for 21 yards. I mean, he was out there on a lot of offensive snaps. They just didn't want to hand him the ball. So that was good. Smart play. I, uh, I mean... Sure, why not? I mean, you can take the Fuente out of Blacksburg, <laughs> but you can't take the Cornelson out of Blacksburg. So. <laughs> My man is still, still cashing paychecks. Still a problem. <laughs> Turns out Fuente's <laughs> cashing paychecks too. 8.75 lump sum. My man. Oh my gosh. Dude, get paid. Yeah. Shout out to, my, shout out to that guy. Like, <laughs> Good. Good. Good win for Miami, though. I thought Van Dyke looked really good, man. He's a stud, dude. What a what a bounce back for the Hurricanes! Like for a team that for like two decades basically has lost to Florida State and then just like packed it up for the year. 
I mean, for them to come out and, I mean, Tyler Van Dyke completes 19 passes for 357 yards and three scores, no picks. In a rainstorm, driving rainstorm. Yeah, like, they they had a brutal time trying to run the ball, but they got it done through the air. Credit to Miami. Like, top to bottom, credit to Miami. Well, well played game for the Canes. They deserve this win. Well played. Uh, mostly well coached for most of it. I mean, Miami had a span there where they gave up two consecutive scores because Virginia Tech scored, then kicked in onside, which was well-timed. Mm-hmm. And I actually that said awesome. to myself... That was so fun. Yeah, my wife was asleep at this point, but I said to myself on the couch, I was like, why don't you just kick an onside here? <laughs> Lo and behold, that's exactly what they did, and they recovered. I just like the play call. I mean, even if you don't recover, I mean, just the gutsiness to even try it there. Just I think is a move. F it. Who cares? Like Right. And J.C. Price said in the press conference, he's like, I felt like we needed to steal a possession there. And he was right. I mean... The one thing I will say is that in the third quarter, the rain picked up, and I thought that neutralized the the team speed of Miami a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a couple of people mention that on Twitter. Uh, shout out Pete BVT, one of my guys. I've been on his podcast before. That's He's right. Dude. But, um, yeah, he mentioned that the that the rainstorm neutralized the, the team speed of Miami, which tech secondary, especially Jermaine Waller, been playing at an all ACC level for most of the year. He was horrible tonight. Had a really, really bad game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting burned, missing tackles. Rough night for him. But um, say, the one, the one time I noticed him, he was called for a pass interference that was not subtle or controversial. It was quite obvious, even. Yeah, it was. It was like tackling a guy shortly before the ball got there. Like, yeah, yeah, he was called for a, a few of those tonight, and. He's been real good all year. So, I mean, the one thing I caution, you know, tech fans in a five and six year, like he's been one of the bright spots. So don't rack on too bad because <laughs> mm-hmm. he's been, he's been pretty good all year. Uh, one of the few guys on the defense who's been really consistent, but uh, yeah, tough night for him. Just, you got to credit Miami, man. And look, everybody, Virginia tech Twitter is real mad. Cause they're like, man, the, the program's in such shambles. They lost like a really mediocre Miami team, but you and I have been mentioning on this podcast now for the better part of a month that Miami has been playing much better football. You know, I'm not trying to like make this loss look better for Virginia Tech. I'm trying to just pump up Miami a little bit. Like it was a tough loss last week, no doubt. Florida State, a game that Miami was trailing for the majority of, came back in the second half, you mm-hmm. know, played much better and then gave it away at the end on fourth and 14 on that Jordan Travis play. And that was like a killer loss for Miami. But since starting Van Dyke and like him getting his feet under him, they've been tough to deal with. Like they've been really, really annoying to play because Van Dyke is just putting up numbers and the offense seems to be clicking a bit more and the defense still needs some work. And they've had some injuries on that side of the ball for sure. But Mm -hmm. like, this is not, this is not like the, the worst Miami team I've ever seen here in the second half of the year. Like they, they do seem to be, finding themselves a little bit, especially over the last like four or five weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's like, you know, we, we, we've given a lot of grief to Manny Diaz, but you're right. Like that's credit where it's due, man. Like, and again, keeping this team engaged coming off that loss last weekend to Florida state like that, 
we, we keep going back on that, but just look at the history over the last couple decades, if not more. Like this team, when they lose to Florida State, they pack it in historically. They are getting like beaten down the next week. And right. that's just that's what they do. And for them right. to come back after losing in the way that they lost to Florida State last week, to come back and to win this game and and you know it, it they threw a couple punches early and Virginia Tech punched back and for them to not fold it in and to turn around and just, you know, put their foot on the gas and go take a big lead and hold on to it. Like I'm not sure that my Manny Diaz is the right guy for Miami. I think they would be better off if they, you know, passed on him and moved on to somebody else, but credit where it's due, man. Like this, this was a good coaching job. This is a, a really good performance for this team. Like I, I was not expecting it, and I, I have nothing but good things to say about the way that Miami played this game tonight. Credit to them. They're not quitting on Manny Diaz. They're not. They're not. Um, There's something said to be the same said for thing. That. Well, I mean, we said the same thing about Virginia Tech with Fuente. You know, like the team wasn't playing well, but they weren't quitting on Fuente. Mm-hmm. And we've seen some quit in both of these programs over the last couple of years when things have been against them. And to their credit, man, uh, to both of the coaches' credit, well, I mean, Fuente, former coach, but mm-hmm. <laughs> to both of the programs' credit, like they haven't, they haven't been quitting. So yeah, just that's that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, Miami's going to beat the hell out of Duke and then probably go play in the Sun Bowl. So good for them. <laughs> have fun. Yeah, have fun in El Paso. On New Year's Eve. Can't wait to watch Georgia like, Tech play in the... Uh, oh, wait. No, sorry. Wait a minute. Go Is this the part where I make the really corny... Oh, they're going to be in the bowl. The toilet bowl. Hey, uh, there it is. Uh, there it is. There it is. That's the uh, witty banter everyone comes to this podcast for. Yeah. Miami's going to be playing in the Sun Bowl at 2 p.m. on New Year's Eve on CBS against who? Arizona State again or something? I don't know. <laughs> Arizona State's down 17 nothing with seven minutes to go in the third quarter. So yeah, they're on track for that. Yeah, that sounds right. They're on track. They're on track for a like eight and four season and <laughs> Sun Bowl berth. Uh what a mess. Miami 38, Virginia Tech 26. We're two, Mike. We have three left. Is that it? That's it, sir. Uh we're only an hour and ten minutes in, so yeah. Who cares? Let's, let's get go. a yeah. Let's uh, let's get this one out of the way. You and I were both wrong here. Well, I don't know. I was wrong. I can't remember if you were or not. Uh, let's go to Raleigh. Yeah, I was wrong. Oh, okay, uh, we're both wrong. Good. Number, okay. Number twenty. NC State. Number twenty. Number NC 20. State forty-one. Syracuse yep. seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, this was like in in the same way that I was telling you, and I I at this point I don't remember if this was on the recording or before. I was telling you that the the pick of picking Duke against Louisville made sense, right? Like Louisville going on the road, coming off the, the emotional letdown, like the whole thing, like, you know, let down look ahead sandwich thing with the, the rivalry game next week, like all that stuff in the same way, picking Syracuse to me made sense here. Syracuse has been playing well. NC state coming off the loss, the letdown loss to wake forest last weekend. That was pretty brutal. Going into Chapel Hill next weekend, solid letdown look ahead situation. Like 
this was a situation where NC State was ripe, and, and Syracuse being an underdog of like eleven and a half points, NC State could totally win this game by like four points, right? Well, no, they they won it by like I don't know twenty four. So, yeah, prove me wrong. Good on you, Wolfpack. Hey, uh, who'd you say NC State was playing again next week? That would be the North Carolina Tar Heels who racked up 34 points on the Wofford defense today. Oh, man. Joey, I know it's Saturday night. We've had a couple cocktails. Speak for yourself. a little early on this. Like several couple cocktails, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. uh, We've already locked one game up for the preview for the final week of the regular season. There's no rules. Rivalry week, feast week, however you look at Mm. Feast week's for hoops, but whatever. Um. NC State's playing North Carolina. That's no right. idea what the spread's going to be, right? No idea at this point. What would you make it? Make it like NC State minus four and a half. It is in is in Raleigh. For that's worth. NC's, yeah, I'd say like NC State minus four and a half. Is that low? Yeah, no. I mean, uh, no. I mean, I was going to say like five or six. NC okay. State five All or right. six. In that's Raleigh. fine. Uh, Joey, got the button right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. NC State, lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Say no more, fam. Any disagreements? Um. Mm, no, not really. I, I there, There's a little bit of hesitation of, like, do I really want to, like, go in there and lay a full touchdown with NC State with the way that their offense has been? Like it's, it's good, but not like consistent, reliable in the way that I'd feel really good that like, oh yeah, they're gonna rack up like thirty eight points next week. Can I give you a stat that'll change your mind? Please do. Jay Bateman's defense gave up three hundred yards to Wofford today. All right, yeah, we're we're locking up as you said. Here we go. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Like I said, no. Say, say, say no more, fam. Say no more. Okay. Good. All right. Uh. Let, let me get my thoughts in and, and recap this real quick. There is nothing better than having two locks on the board before we even hit the record button for the preview show. <laughs> <laughs> first time first time for everything, so we may, may as well make the most of it. I don't even um, know what the spreads are. It doesn't matter. Here I, we go. Doesn't ma- go. It doesn't matter. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I probably won't be locking up anymore, because, but these are two games where I look at them like, man, I don't think it matters what the spread is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Sean Tucker had 13 carries in this game for 105 yards and a touchdown, which means that he'll have a really insightful tweet that will come out sometime within the next 10 to 12 hours about how he played, but he wasn't thrilled with Syracuse's performance. Mm, yeah. Because uh, we usually get, get that tweet at some point. Mm-hmm. Happy with how I played, but mad that we lost, but I'm going to keep grinding. You know, something like it's that. It's like part Twitter account, part post-game press conference. Like mostly way too meme. honest post game press conference. Yeah, mostly meme. Um, Devin Larry threw for three hundred yards and two touchdowns. They NC State still can't run the ball. Like what's what's going on here? Because Syracuse's defense is fine, but like they're not three point two yards per carry. We can't run on you. Fine. I, I think NC yeah. State's rushing offense might actually kind of suck. This. 
this reeks to me, Mike, of a situation where you and I don't follow NC State with a microscope. So we don't really understand that there's like one or two offensive linemen that are hurt for NC State. That's the only sense I can make of it. Like, for the last like two years, Ricky Person and Bam Knight have been like one of the surest things in the ACC of just like a one two punch of. I mean, just running the ball down people's throats. And now this year, it's like a struggle for those guys getting to like four and a half yards of carry. Something's not right here. Something doesn't add up. I'm telling you, there there has to be. Somebody please tell us what's going on because this feels like this has to be injury related. There's no other good explanation. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's more just the NC State offensive line can't run block. I think that's kind of where we're at here. They did before, but they're not now. Like, what's there's something changed, right? I mean, the the running game hasn't been great all year. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. Um, I mean, here's the thing with Syracuse, like. NC State's defense is really good, and Syracuse kind of ran to a situation where the game script went against them a little bit. I mean, it was no score after first quarter. NC State racked up 28 in the second quarter. I mean, that's where this thing got away from them because once you're down and you got to throw, like you're toast. Like Syracuse's only path to winning, I know Syracuse is 5 and 6. Mm-hmm. Dino's done a great job, way over the win total, way better than any of us expected. Overall, pretty good year for Syracuse, and you know they they're gonna be fighting for a bowl game going into the game next week. But they got Pittsburgh, so probably not looking very good. Um, but I mean, Syracuse gave up in the second quarter. They gave up a 15 yard run, and then you know our <laughs> it wasn't great. I mean, Garrett Schrader, our guy, threw a pick six. So you're down 14, and then you score a touchdown to cut it in half, but then BM Knight, 97-yard kickoff return. <laughs> so, Again? I mean, NC State, NC State in this game, yes, it was 41-17, but the offense only scored 20, 27 points here. Like, you gave up a kick six. And you gave up. Are we saying I can take my six. Syracuse plus eleven and a half ticket somewhere and cash it? Uh, <laughs> I not mean, quite. technically, well, I mean, <laughs> not quite. But like, if you're looking for a reason why your Syracuse plus ten and a half pick didn't cash, like that's that's why, right? Like, probably part of that would have yeah. been that would have been twenty seven seventeen. You would have covered by half a point. <laughs> so. I mean, Syracuse's defense was fine. They held up fine against the run. Devin Leary still threw for 300 yards, but you can't give up. You can't turn the ball over, number one, and number two, like, let him return it. Like, Drake Thomas returned it for a touchdown. Then you can't let Bam Knight run one back 97 yards on you. So that's where Syracuse lost this game. And then by then, you're just slinging it around, just hoping and praying that you're able to get yourself back in the game, which you couldn't do. Mike, when you uh, when you wake up in the morning and you open up Twitter, 
Would you say just like by general rule, do you do you typically like choose violence or do you, you know, do you not? Depends on my mood. I mean, sometimes I'll send tweets out and I like know I'm choosing violence. Other times <laughs> I'll send tweets out and like violence chooses me. So it, it really honestly, like the mornings where like I know I'm going to be busy with like my actual day job, it's better for me to just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> if I do that, then I can just like be at peace all morning twitter is like the best and worst place on earth all at the same time yeah um, freaking the freaking goose app some mornings <laughs> the goose app that's right yeah uh mike you know what i'm gonna not choose violence here um good win for nc state good job wolfpack you guys good win it. for nc state good win for nc state Devin now say Larry. something nice about say something nice about dave doran Devin Leary, 300-some yards. I got, said Dave Doran. <laughs> Dave Doran got his guys ready to go. There was no letdown here. They went into the half of this game, and it was a super just sandwich spot. Like what? Like I said, this is a textbook sandwich spot. There was like no way that they were going to make this just like a runaway game. They were up 28-7 to at halftime. Credit yeah. to Dave Doran. That, that is on Dave Doran and the coaching staff. Got the guys ready to play. They did not let them get distracted. Hey, nothing but good things to say about NC State and the coaching staff. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, man. Now you say something well nice about them. I man, I've been a Dave Doran truther from the start. I don't know. Like a like a Dave Doran is the truth, or uh, like let's Let tell me the put truth it this about way. Dave Doran. I've <laughs> probably more the second, if we're being honest, but. <laughs> I've been, I've been uh, less on the let's get Dave Doran fired bandwagon like you have been. Let's mm, put it that way. That's true. I've been uh, I've been I'm more the, of a more of an advocate for him. Well, I'm the conductor of the train. You're, you're just like on the train. Yeah, I'm on the train, <laughs> drinking in the uh, beverage part. <laughs> beverage beverage cab, beverage caboose. I don't know. Yeah. No, that sounds right. Sounds right. All right. Well, that's good. I'm I'm trying to come up with a caboose joke, but it's almost one a.m. Well, Eastern time, and uh, I got yeah. a few. Want me to? I can fill in the gaps if you need me to. Pick your favorite caboose joke, there, Mike. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, sounds like a good time for an ad read for Bet US, doesn't it? Which is funny you mentioned that because there is a, a particular sponsor that we were really supposed to mention on all of our recaps that we have not mentioned yet. <laughs> not once. But, well, I mean, once indirectly, mostly with cracking jokes. Oh, my God. All right. Ooh. Well, our marketing, again. our marketing call was something. <laughs> Holy hell. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to go through this brief ad read for this sponsor. Before we do that, we're going to mention our boy Greg, who emailed us saying he was offering us, you know, some potential help getting involved in our uh, our marketing. Greg, this this next two minutes is a specific cry for help, and we have not emailed you back because we are just busy and absurd. Like, just there's no good excuse. But the point is, listen to what we're about to say here, and then tell us how horrendously bad this was and uh we'll we'll be in business we'll be in touch okay uh mike uh are you familiar with section103.com 
I oh I am OEMI. <laughs> what you sound like you weren't sure. Anyways, we're keep going. It's fine, Mike. I it's one a.m. Do you want to know why Georgia Tech lost fifty-five to nothing today? Because I wasn't wearing my Georgia Tech Section one hundred and three shirt during the game, and neither was I, Mike. Neither was I. Truthfully, that explains like, that. Hand to God, like I, I'm dead serious. I was not wearing one of my Section one hundred and three shirts or sweatshirt or any of that stuff during the game, and that is why Georgia Tech got blown the hell out. So, Mike, if you're a Georgia Tech fan, you're trying to keep Georgia Tech from getting blown out by that ragtag startup team called Georgia next week, um, I would recommend wearing Section103.com. And if you don't have any, buddy, it, it is some of the very best, if not the very best, Georgia Tech apparel on the Internet available. They have official word marks. They have the ATL logo. They've got the official Tech Gold on sweatshirts. They've got it on hoodies on on regular t-shirts they got stuff for men women children anything that you need mike to support georgia tech next week and try to help them not get the absolute ever-loving crap kicked out of them yeah by georgia i think they're going to be like a 35 point underdog and if you want them to try to maybe find a way to cover 35 then you need to be wearing section 103 go get it and use, I'll be wearing the gear. That's right. Please. Thank you. I will be too. Use promo code GOACC for tw- 10% off your first order at section103.com. I, that's, it's, it's our last hope, Mike. It's our last hope. I mean, there it, it's going to be like Georgia Death Star mode, isn't it? And by the way, if they do get beat by 68 points next week, one short, of a nice, one short of a yeah. nice margin. If they do get beat by 68 points next week, at least, Mike, at least you'll be comfortable wearing your Section 103 shirts. Do it. That's true. Do it. Do it. Which which games have we not talked about yet? I don't remember. Uh, thank God I'm here, right? You're, you're, you're the cruise director, Mike. I, I don't know about all that. In. Uh, Port Pittsburgh. Number 18, Pittsburgh, 48, Virginia, 38. I I don't know what happened here. There was, uh, there was a lot of points scored. The point being, Virginia covered. That's all that matters. We're good. Good job, Coos. Good job, who's? Good, good job, Coos. Good, good job, that, what? Is that uh, explicit? I don't even know. Might, you might, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> might need to uh, bring the button out. Uh my voice is getting raspy. That's where we're at. I know. I know it is. It's it's 1 a.m. Eastern Standard <laughs> Time or Daylight Time, Eastern Southern Time. There it is. That's better. All right. Beautiful. All right. Good. Uh, it's 1 a.m. We've been recording for basically two hours. Pittsburgh is your Coastal Division champion. Hey, congrats, Pitt. Congrats to the Panthers. Congrats, Jim Hammett. Oh, uh, he's media. Never mind. Congrats to uh, all fans. And Jim Hammett, Mike, we need to like have a little discussion here. Like, is is there a part of you that is bothered that Pitt won the Coastal? Zero, zero part of me is bothered because they beat UVA to do it. Okay, yeah, there's that, but they did skip their place in line. It was not Pitt's turn to win the Coastal. Okay, they just won the Coastal like three years ago. There's there's several other teams that are supposed to win it again here. In the meantime. And Pitt just jumped their way through the line, and they they won the coastal. I, 
It doesn't sit well with me is what I'm saying. Who gets into the playoff first? 11-2 and two ACC champion Pittsburgh or one loss Notre Dame? I mean, one loss Notre Dame. Unless you want the comedic answer in which I could come up with something else. But, I mean, the honest answer is Notre Dame. Would you take Notre Dame or Pittsburgh? Neutral field right now. Notre Dame. Me too. Okay. Well, we got that out of the way. Yeah. I was going to say that would make for some fun banter, but you and I are in agreement as we (laughs) usually are. So, well, there goes that. Okay. Uh, Pittsburgh's been really good. They've had a good season. They're a good team. They score a lot of points. It's great. Yeah. They have a, uh, this is a, this is a good, a good team for Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's a, it's a good, it's a good team for Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. They, come very close to Notre Dame in a rebuild. So good for them. <laughs> uh, I just want to slide that subtle, in there. Subtle. I like it. I just wanted to slide that in. Uh, I, I have nothing against Pittsburgh. I just thought that would be funny. Okay. <laughs> Brennan Armstrong was back here. Yeah. In full force. In full force. Yeah. Uh, so he threw damn near 50 passes for 487 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, it's back on schedule. <laughs> UVA is the team, 24 carries, non-sack adjusted, of course. 24 carries for 27 yards and two touchdowns. The big question is, why did they hand it off the other 16 times? Like, you could have a couple <laughs> run plays. What are we doing? Like, you know you can't run the ball. Just... Can we all just like be adults here and agree like you can't run the ball? Just don't do it. Like stop. Just throw literally like eighty passes a game. That's how you move the ball. You know, I I know he's not now a Alabama receiver or maybe more importantly an Ohio State receiver, but I will say that my Bolitnikov winner, Jordan Addison, had fourteen receptions for two hundred and two yards and four touchdowns today. Is that is that good? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's real good. Seems good, yeah. Real good, yeah. Man, that kid is a stud. I mean, Dontavian Wicks and Keaton Thompson combined for 21 catches for 270 yards and a touchdown. Like, they had a busy day as well. (laughs) This is a good day for passing offense, we'll say that. It was a good day for passing offense. Mm -hmm. Uh, How are we feeling about UVA at six and five and four and three in the ACC at home hosting the Hokies next Saturday or Friday, I guess Friday, Black Friday. Um, I'm just going to say like, I'm not <laughs> that game. Like UVA I, I, should win, but, but I, I Tom, feel Tom, like Tom, either, Tom. either of these teams could win this game by two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, like, We're just gonna I have get weird. no I, like a Black Friday game between these teams. Hokies need it for bowl eligibility. They don't have a coach. Virginia trying to make it, yeah, you know, like like make the rivalry score of the last two decades look a smidge better. Like Virginia trying to also not have a coach. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Who's fans? I'm just kidding. We all love Bronco. You think he's going to get hired somewhere else? Like, what, what do you mean not have a coach? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. This was a fake firing. Yeah, I I have no idea. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, 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 I will not be wagering on this game unless one of these teams is like a two touchdown favorite, and it could be either team. I don't know. <laughs> I might just go ahead and bet every single ACC game next Saturday or Friday and Saturday, I guess. Dude, Mike, we have established there's no rules. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> there are no rules. There's no rules. Just good for just, Pittsburgh. Just do it. But okay, let me uh, let me take a step back. Bottom line in this game is neither team played much defense, but UVA played less defense. Yeah, and that was the story. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, I mean, this was this was probably the game of the day, though. I'll say in the ACC, from it was like really a, good from like a television standpoint. Just, I mean, is he a band of Canada had ninety eight yard kick return? Yeah, that was fun. I mean, this was just back and forth, like again. Pickett and Armstrong just hucking it down the field to the receivers. Like, this is a fun watch, man. This was a good TV show of a game. Credit to Pittsburgh for winning. Congratulations to the Panthers for winning the Coastal. That's great. Dude, good on Virginia. I mean, they, they, they've they had a good year. They're a good team. I don't, like, I have nothing bad to say about either of these teams. It, it kind of went the way that we thought it would. Virginia kept it close. Good game. Good win, Pittsburgh. Good job, everybody. Good job, everybody. And always good to see UVA lose. That's right. That's right. Uh, Pitt, 48. Virginia, 38. And uh, we're like an hour and a half in, so it's it's going great. Uh, well, good Cle- news. We only have one game left. And it's the game that involves Clemson. It took us an hour and a half to get to Clemson. Uh, Tigers, 48. The number 10, Wake Forest. Steeman Deeks, 27. Uh, okay, well, some things change. Other things don't. And Clemson still just has way too much talent and like smothered Wake Forest in this game, more or less. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the bottom line here. Like, some schools recruit three star athletes, some schools recruit five star athletes, and the ones that recruit five star athletes ordinarily win games where they're evenly matched. Yeah, this is this is like if you want to like kind of get dragged down a little bit spiritually this is the game where like wake forest let us pray yeah let us pray uh wake forest is the better coach team they've got the better quarterback and it just doesn't matter it just doesn't matter because (laughs) clemson's got a bunch of blue chip dudes on the offensive line on the defensive line and all of wake forest junior and senior like you know, low three tier or three star guys that have grown and developed and become, you know, men just can't really hold up to Clemson's blue chip sophomores and, and just it sucks, but it is what it is. And, uh, you know, congrats Clemson, by the way, Wake Forest, you got to win next week. You have to win next week against, I believe it's Boston college. And if you don't, uh, then your fate in the division is well out of your hands. And by the way, Clemson, not dead yet in terms of going to Charlotte. So, (laughs) yeah, like really not dead yet. Wake, I would recommend winning next week. Yeah. You should try to win if you can. If NC State and Wake Forest both lose next Saturday. And Clemson wins. Well, it doesn't matter. Clemson is that they're done with conference play. If Wake yes. Forest and NC State 
both lose next Saturday. Clemson is going to Charlotte. Mike, if that happens, there, there's a part of me like I, I don't even want to do the recap episode. Like, I mean, I think I'm good. Wake's playing. Wake's playing at BC, which could get a little sideways. It's NC State's playing very Carolina. Winnable. It is. I mean, Phil Dracovic can't throw a forward pass right now, so definitely winnable. More than like 17 yards down the field, right? But man, Wake. Can 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 we please just just be cool? Like, don't mess this up. Just go into Chestnut Hill. Go beat Boston College by, I don't know, four. Beat them by four points so that then we can talk about the ACC championship game between Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. Like, this podcast has been trying to do since we started. (laughs) And for once, it won't be Clemson. It'll be just the best. So just go win in Chestnut Hill next week in Wake, and then we'll just – we'll all – Go down together. It'll be great. What are our odds on Clemson winning the ACC right now? Ooh, this is a question. Um, let's find out. Uh, on America's favorite online sportsbook, betus.com. Use promo code GOACC for a 125% sign up bonus. And I'm saying uh, for at least $100 sign up. Amount. Uh, Highly recommend their marketing department. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Uh, we had a favorable call with them, which landed our sponsorship. Yes. We and are desirable partners, Mike. Yep. Come for the views. Stay for the deals. I've got Clemson at 10 to 1. I would take it. To win the ACC. Wouldn't you put a little bit down just in case? Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I know it's not yeah. likely, but. So the interesting thing is, and and I'll, this is the worst time to be describing this, but um, something that the uh, some of the local radio hosts in Houston turned me on to is the idea of comparing futures bets such as Clemson right now to win the ACC as compared to uh, mechanical parlays. And if you don't know what a mechanical parlay is, is for instance, uh, let's say right now you wanted to bet uh, Ohio State to win the national championship. Right. right. So yep. right now, I believe that number, and we were talking about this earlier today, the number right there is like, you know, five to two. So plus 250. What a mechanical parlay would be as an approach is saying, well, okay, for Ohio State to win the national championship, they need to win every game from here on out. If they if they were to lose a game, it would be over. So it doesn't matter. But with a mechanical parlay, what you would do is say, okay, next week against Michigan, we're going to bet Ohio State money line just to win the game. Right. And that would be, I don't know, call it uh, minus 400. So you bet uh, you bet five bucks, you win a dollar, something like that, right? Right. So yep. now you've got six dollars. So then you go into the Big Ten championship game and you bet those six dollars. Ohio State wins the game at, you know, minus 400 or whatever. 
So basically, you you keep betting games, uh, like with you know your original bet plus the winnings, and the point being that you can get better odds over time than just betting right now. Ohio State to win the national championship at plus two fifty, right? Right. Yep. So the question to me becomes, what does it what does it take like mechanically next week for Clemson? to have a shot to win the ACC championship, not to mention, you know, once they get to Charlotte next weekend, you know, the following weekend, whatever, but just like, you know, what is, if wake is playing, uh, who we said it, it was Boston college. Yep. BC. Can we On the road. Boston college plus a certain number and NC state's playing North Carolina. Can we bet North Carolina at a certain number? Like it's, it's twelve fifteen in the morning here. It's one fifteen on the East Coast. Like, I don't know what we're talking about here, but the point is mechanical parlays, right? Mechanical parlays. The point is, Mike, uh, before you go jump on Clemson at ten to one to win the ACC, I'm just saying there might be a a, a better path to bet that. That's all I'm saying. I don't disagree. NC State's forty to one, by the way. So there's everything you need to know about Vegas's hopes and dreams and faith and the Wolfpack. Mm. Well, they're going to take my money. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's fine. Well, that's it's cool. fine. That's totally fine. Uh, I mean, look, Clemson just suffocated Wake Forest here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Wake, Wake was just I mean, chasing the whole game and, could never really get close. Yeah. I mean, Christian Turner had a short touchdown run at the goal line. Quentin Cooley had a touchdown run. Sam Hartman threw for 312 yards, only one touchdown, one pick. I mean, the bottom line is, like, Wake Forest defense really just could not stop Clemson, and Clemson's defense did just enough to keep Wake Forest at bay. Mm-hmm. And I said to bet the under on the preview, but then I remembered I'm an idiot and it's a wake forest game. So you bet the over. Mm, yeah. Um, and to really kind of trust my gut and the fact that Clemson probably would be able to score and wouldn't shoot themselves in the foot all that much. Cause in the preview, I try to talk myself into the fact that Clemson would get in their own way more than they probably should. But then you remember like Clemson has a bunch of four and five star athletes everywhere. So mm-hmm. like they're probably not going to get in the way of a defense that plays like, you know, uh, what's the guy that like waves the bandana within like a bullfight? Uh, the bullfighter? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. But you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's the kind of defense way Chorus plays. So, <laughs> I mean, Kobe Pace had 24 carries for 191 yards and two touchdowns. He averaged eight yards per carry, and he didn't even like have any runs that would actually like break the tape like he had a 39 yard run that was the longest run he had today mm-hmm. so like he was just grinding wake forest defense to a pulp that's what he did and mm-hmm. will shipley had 112 yards and two touchdowns he looks healthy now dju 11 19 didn't look great but threw for 208 yards and a touchdown mm-hmm. wake's defense just didn't show up and well i don't know i don't know if they didn't show up they probably did show up they just suck right mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean they're just not very good and uh Wake's offense ran up against a Clemson defense that could stop the run and not let the Wake Forest receivers consistently beat them over the top. A.T. Perry 
five catches for 113 yards. Uh, Jaquari Roberson, six for 93. But outside of that, Wake didn't have much of anything going in the passing game. So, yeah, I mean, you know, when your quarterbacks throw for, I mean, <laughs> Michael Kern was one of one. The freshman quarterback, one on one for fifty-eight yards. That was an game. awesome play, by the way. It was an awesome play. I, I, I don't know, like if you were specifically watching when he came in, but it was like third and four on their own into the field, like early in the second half, and it was, I think it was like a comebacker or something to At Perry, who caught the pass, broke a tackle, and like ran for forty-five yards, basically. Like that, that was cool. But did it matter? I mean, they lost by three touchdowns, so no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing matters, Mike. Nothing is important. Uh, good for Clemson. This is an uplifting therapy session here. That's what we're doing. Good for Clemson, man. Good for Clemson. Eight and three. Six and two in ACC play. This is their down year. I, I mean, Clemson keeps winning games. DJU is still their quarterback. And... I, it's fine. It's fine. They got to play a pesky South Carolina team next week. Uh, are they really, or are they just like keep playing teams that are secretly horribly dysfunctional? Like, I mean, they beat Auburn tonight. I don't think Auburn's horribly dysfunctional. What What is the number that you would need to bet South Carolina in that game? Nine and a half. W- what? Nine and a half, nine or ten. So when Clemson's a twenty-point favorite, you're gonna bet. You think Clemson's gonna be a twenty-point favorite next week? I kind of do. A twenty-point favorite? Like South Carolina's like, I realize that like they're winning slash keeping it close, but like these are teams that are sneaky at the bottom of the barrel of the SEC that like do not have their stuff together. Clemson has been secretly not, well, not so secretly trash like. All year, kind of. On offense. Neutral field. What would Wake Forest be favored over, uh, favored by over South Carolina? Eight? Nine? I was going to say about seven or eight, probably. Where is that game? Is it in Clemson or is it in Columbia? Like, okay, it's in Columbia, but like. It's in Columbia. I just if that's inside of double digits, that is Clemson and a half for me, man. Like South Carolina is not good. They're still running out like a freaking grad assistant quarterback or something, aren't they? Like uh they're 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 not running out of grad assistant quarterback. But the one thing I will say about South Carolina's performance tonight is that Auburn has a pretty good running game with Tank Bigsby. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I mean, like Tank Bigsby, pretty good, pretty good SEC running back, right? A, yes. B, right. Auburn lost their starting quarterback for the year last week. So, like, whatever, like, threat you had of throwing the ball just got severely diminished coming into this game for what that's worth. I mean, how do you, how do you feel about Auburn's defense? Pretty good. Pretty good? Pretty good. Yeah. 
You know, maybe I mean, look up the box score for this game and try to figure out how the hell South Carolina. I want to know what the one points. I want to know what the post game win expectancy was for South Carolina. Yeah, that's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. I mean, South Carolina won a game. Their quarterback went ten of fifteen for one fifty-seven, three scores and a touch and an interception. Like, what the hell happened in this game, Mike? Maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll revise this. Maybe like South Carolina. I would take South Carolina plus like thirteen and a half. So I'll up it by like four points. I say. Around a couple scores is becoming a different discussion. Like okay, so like plus thirteen. So I I said nine, right? I said nine and a half. Yeah, yeah. Let me up it by four points. I'll say thirteen and a half. Yeah, I at s- home. I I'd still take Clemson. I would like. I and that it's more of a not believing in South Carolina thing than a you know feeling like oh. Clemson really turned a corner and is figuring well, out thing like I no no I'm not but I'm I, well that's what I'm saying like I don't think South Carolina is like all world either yeah I'm not I'm not arguing that yep I'm just saying like that's a team that probably should have won like three games this year and they're already bowl eligible and I mean we got down Clemson with. A running game that is coming along, but if South Carolina can bottle that up at all, I don't know. We'll find out. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, tomorrow, well, well, today, I guess later today, because it's like almost one thirty a.m. Eastern time, mm-hmm. we'll find out kind of what that line looks like, see how we feel about it. But, man, oh, man, I don't know. All right. Last question. Simple, yeah. simple answer. Yes or no? Is Wake Forest going to Charlotte? Yes. I think I agree. I think that's the right. Answer. There, there are too many things. There are too many things that have to happen. Wake's going to, to BC. They should win that football game. I think they're going to beat Boston College next weekend. Uh, yeah, I mean, Boston College couldn't beat Florida State today. Like Wake, Wake can score forty easy in that game, and Boston College can right. also probably score thirty-eight. I just, I don't think that they can keep pace with Wake's offense. We'll get there in the preview. Yeah, no, nah, I, I think Wake's going to Charlotte. Mike, should we give out awards? And by that, I mean like just like completely improvise awards. How far are we into this? I, well, we've split the recording. We're we're over an hour and a half at this point. That's it? I think so. Okay. Yep. So Not as bad as I thought. Oh, yeah. I mean, Malik Cunningham is my player of the week. Okay. Well, there's that, but there's also the the you know, the proper awards, such as the oh, oh, yeah, of the yeah. week. Uh, I mean, it could be either of the multiple defensive touchdowns that Notre Dame scored against Georgia Tech because Jordan Yates just throwing the ball around. Um, it could be Duke trying to tackle Malik Cunningham on Thursday night, which was just an adventure, the whole thing. Um, there was one point where I think it was like third and four. Malik Cunningham was like touched, bumped by like two to three Duke defenders before getting to the first down line. It ended up running for like a 58-yard touchdown run. 
So that was fun. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead to see the Duke's defense trying to, uh, you know, look functional against Malik Cunningham. It went okay. Uh, it did go. It, yeah, it went okay. He had like 600 yards by himself, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. The Brian Van Gorder Memorial. You try to ward, Mike. Where are we going? Oh, God. Um... <laughs> Maybe we should go to, to Wake Forest for trying to tackle literally any of Clemson's running backs. Yeah, not not the best. Not the no, best. not the best is right. I mean, Kobe Pace, 191. Will Shipley, 104? 112. Big guys. Yeah. Uh, as a team, Clemson averaged over 6.2 yards per carry, 333 yards, four touchdowns, non sack contested. Is that good? Uh, it's not bad, I'll tell you that. It's not bad. Uh, Clemson receiver Bo Collins. Yeah, they, well, yeah, they back away. Uh, Clemson receiver Bo Collins had four for 137 and a touchdown. I forgot to mention him earlier. Yeah. It's dope. Good job, Clemson. Good job. This is the first time Clemson's offense has looked functional. It only took playing against Wake Forest to prove that. Yeah, if you need a, uh... A heat check on Wake Forest defense. They gave up almost 50 points to Clemson. Bad offense. Is like a first this season. So not bad offense. Not the best. Bad offense. Mike, do we have an obvious Kobe Bryant Memorial Volume Shooter of the Week award? Yeah, we mentioned this earlier, didn't we? Um, Isn't it UVA's running game? It's it is. There. Yeah, it's up there. Uh, it's a it's a collective unit. UVA's running game. Or we could go Phil Dracovic as well. Another yeah. strong candidate. Dude. He's, yeah. I feel like you nailed it, saying he's basically like late stage Peyton. Like that, that, <laughs> arm, that arm has no heat on it at all right now. Like, he is, he, yeah, it, yeah. So. <laughs> he's uh, he's late stage Peyton Manning pulled the Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, not getting a jacket for this one. Yeah, if you're yeah, if you're uh, ordering him as a drink at a restaurant, you're holding the Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. So to uh, to you, Phil Dracovic, we say Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Also, what was the point of you coming back? Yeah, I, I mean. Like, you're not putting anything on tape for NFL scouts. You're also not really helping your team at all. So what was the point? I mean, they love, kicked love the, the crap game. out of Georgia Tech last week. And they also... Uh, I won't go, like, kick the crap out of, but they uh, they beat Virginia Tech the week before that. So and who are we to be talking mess about Phil Dracovic yeah. being on the field? Yeah, I don't, I don't throw stones at glass houses or whatever the saying is. I do. I do. I do too. I mean, for those of you, you for those of you who've been listening to this podcast for six years, you know I'm not afraid to crack some jokes. The, so. fr- the first rule of this podcast is we are in a glass house and we throw stones at others. Like, yes, yeah, <laughs> nobody's nobody's <laughs> safe, and I've made plenty of jokes on this podcast today as well. So, who's the player of the week? Malik Cunningham. Dude, he was he was a nightmare. I mean, name me a better candidate. I I don't have one. Yeah, at least Willie Cunningham's the obvious one. This certainly week. not in a winning effort. 
He right. was awesome. Yeah, nah, it's Malik Cunningham. Let's let's not overthink it. Yeah. Team of the week, Pittsburgh Clemson Division. It's gonna have to be Pitt. Maybe they Clemson. won the coastal. That maybe Clemson. They're I mean, not dead yet. They they gonna have second place. It could be Duke, just by sheer fact of they scored three touchdowns. That's pretty good. <laughs> Small victories, Mike. Improvement. Yeah, I mean, some coaches David would Cuck- tell you that if if you don't see improvement, then you're just not looking for it. I mean, coach cuts the real winner because he can get a buyout soon. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a pension, Mike. It's a pension. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> called retirement. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mike, team of the week. We we established that. I got yeah. nothing else. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. It's so late. I'm so tired. I'm done. You good? Yeah. Let us know if you like this train wreck. Rate, review, subscribe. Give us a rating. Please give us a rating. I'll put it this way. If you tell us, should we do this again or not? That's how I'll know which six people are still listening to this like two hours in. Yeah. I mean, Scott's going to be one of those six. So this is what we're going to do. So we're going to publish. Hi, Scott. We're going to publish this podcast on Sunday morning. And we are going, well, I mean, it is Sunday morning. Whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, we're publishing this podcast today. And what we're going to do is we're going to publish it. We're going to promote it. And then I'm going to post a poll from our Twitter account. I'm going to say, should we do listen to this all the way through? And then should we do this again? And the choices are going to be yes or no. Mm-hmm. I don't need any snarky comments. I don't need any snarky remarks. I don't need anybody coming into the review. <clears throat> oh, my God. I almost died there coming into the reviews saying, oh, these guys are uh, void of professionalism and they drink too much and, you know, guilty, they shouldn't be talking. Guilty, yeah, guilty. Yeah. They shouldn't be talking when, you know, they've, they've had a couple cocktails and they've watched the games all night. Um, okay, fine. Watch SportsCenter then. <laughs> okay? Watch SportsCenter or Inside the Huddle on ACC Network. I guarantee you that you're getting better content here that you're going to get on any of the two shows I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Getting better content here, so that's my soapbox. I'm done yelling. On some level, that's that's for the people to figure out. If if you would rather just like watch Sports Center with, I don't even know who's on Sports Center like in the middle of the night at this point, like outside of SVP, but not not on a weekend. Yeah, no, we'll see not, him on Monday. Yeah, not not tonight tonight. So. Yeah, I mean, if you'd rather watch that, you can. Or let us know if you want us to keep doing this because I've had fun. I've had fun too. Um, my wife's been asleep like somewhere in the neighborhood of like three and a half to four hours at this point. God bless her. Uh, your wife's in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So she probably hasn't slept yet. She's, dude, she's been sleeping a lot for someone in Vegas. Like she's getting like the proper like seven eight hours a night of sleep as far as no, I understand. No, which, no, no, we we can't. No, we can't be doing that. I know I, it sounds like I'm lying, but I swear, I think she's been sleeping almost eight hours a day in Vegas. Which, again, sounds impossible. Is this like when you've been drinking all day and then you go bet, like at the casino, then you go to the strip club and tell your significant other you've been sleeping? 
I, well, I didn't think it was, like, but now that you mention it, it might be. I don't know. Or, or is this like actual sleeping for like eight or nine hours? That's the question. Uh, apparently she's there with three other girls and she was the only one that didn't go to the EDM concert last night that started at 1 a.m. local. So oh, okay. I think she's well, actually sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. We'll find out. She's, she's birthed a child yeah, with you. So I think you're in good shape. Well, I mean, I was there, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like really like heavily participate you might say so. <laughs> and on that note, uh, <laughs> let's get out of here. I I don't even have the voice to like do the pro response. Who are we sponsored by Joey? Uh, nobody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we sponsored by? Nobody anymore. We appreciate those who had sponsored us up until this point, but uh, we understand that you want to uh, be done here. So, anyways, uh, Mike, I, 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 that's all I got. You want to get out of here and come back and preview some games? Yeah. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Basketball Conference Podcast, gmail.com. I nailed it. Yeah. And, Spotify, uh, iTunes, all that. Yep. All right. I think it's time time to time to hang it up here. Just hang it up. We're done. Yep. We're done. All right. Mike. We'll preview week thirteen. Yep. All right. Until then. For Mr. Mike McDaniel, I'm Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Until then, go ACC. Can't keep me down.